Oh. M. Mom! Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Give It To Me Straight. And this episode is very exciting because we got new walls. Also on the show today, we have a special guest from RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2, the winner, Lawrence Cheney. Hello, you heterosexual scum. Hello. Hello. Oh Thank you for having me in your, your brand new walls. Welcome to the fur room. It's yes. entirety. Freshly shaved. Freshly shaved. I like Freshly it. groomed. Yeah. 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 Even the floor is uh, fur now because we, we spare no expense here. You need a sponsorship from like Veet or something to like beat these walls. <laughs> yeah. I should just get like a wallpaper. It's just like skin, human flesh. That sounds like my runway on Drag Race, the skin dress. Uh-huh. I'll let you borrow it. It's big enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have the whole wall yeah. made out of that dress. Uh, yeah. Whenever I get kept, whenever I'm on Dragula, that's when I'll like... Yeah. yeah okay, the, the, Jay the whole, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> whenever my white contacts come in the mail, then we'll, yes. then we'll do the flesh walls. Okay, that sounds good, diabetic. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But enough about me. We're going to talk about you today. Oh, jeez. Because you're more popular and have more followers. I think people want to hear more from you. So your drag name Lawrence Cheney, it's based off your real name Lawrence and the silent film actor from the 20s, Lon Cheney. Well, this is the thing. I don't know is, a lot of silent film. Are you not a silent film connoisseur? Not much. Are no. you a, are you a horror film connoisseur? What what do you do to kind of relax uh after a show or something? Cuz I'm I'm pretty weird. I love horror films. Horror mm. films to me calm me down because I don't know about the people watching at home or you, but I love watching people in much worse situations mm. than me because I realize, wow, how good I've got it. Mm -hmm. You know, if something's stressing me out, Mary's getting a chainsaw up her vagina, you yeah. know, so I, I'm very lucky. So that's why I always connected with uh, silent movies, especially because they're camp. Like drag, you know, that everything's over the top because there's no words. So you have to kind of... Uh, relay your message your lines through your physicality yeah. and Lon Chaney just uh translated it so well and he was known as the man of a thousand faces mm -hmm. and I loved you know because he did his own makeup he transformed himself into the hunchback of Notre Dame and uh the phantom of the opera and he did all his own makeup himself so I guess you know when I came up with that name when I was maybe 14, 15, mm -hmm. it just stuck with me, you know, because my government name, I hate to break it to you people out there, my government name is Lawrence Maidment, and that is the most white privilege sounding name I think we've ever heard besides Madimorphosis. So for <laughs> me, you know, I, I was like, Lawrence Maidment isn't the name of, you like know, a landlord. Yeah it, yeah, it doesn't sound like someone who's going to be a star. Do you know what I mean? And to me, I love the name Lon Chaney and that kind of the the uh, grandeur he had. So I said, Lon Chaney, Lawrence Chaney. Oh, I love that. That has a great ring to it. So mm -hmm. it just kind of stuck. I know it's not really drag related, but I, yeah. I, I knew from a very early age I wanted to be famous. I didn't want to be on... Uh, a theater stage in the West End necessarily, but I knew that I wanted to be on TV screens. And for that to work, I couldn't be called Penetration or, you know, these other names. I had to be named something that was suitable mm -hmm. for an all ages audience. So your last name is based on Lon Chaney, which as you said, refers to himself as a man of a thousand faces. Yes. And you've gone an interview saying that you were also the queen of a thousand faces. This is the annoying thing is I, I wish you were lying, but I absolutely said that. But now my drag has evolved where 
you know what it's like since Drag Race. We have to look like ourselves twenty four seven. You know, we have to look if we're doing a meet and greet, and I turn up bright red, painted like a demon. Mm -hmm. People will be like, "Well, I've not paid for this. I've paid to meet Lawrence Cheney, not someone dressed in red as a demon." So there's certain things that being on Drag Race, for example hinders but also benefits it stunts your creativity i would mm -hmm. say um because everyone expects me to turn up looking fat and purple mm -hmm. and when i don't do that they're like we're not comfortable with this but i remember before drag race i loved playing around with makeup and i would always uh, i used to do like instagram makeup series mm -hmm. um where i would just paint myself as horror movie characters or different celebrities, different drag queens. And I just loved playing around with makeup. Um, that That's why it connected with me so much. His mm -hmm. name, his kind of uh, title. Yeah. And uh, me. Yeah. As you said, referring to yourself as the queen of a thousand faces. Why did you settle on this one? Well, no, you. this is one of the faces. I've got mm. two faces, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cunt. Um, <laughs> bitch. Um, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> so cruel. Just so cruel. The homophobia continues, folks. It's not homophobia. I have nothing against gay people. I have something Things against, against Scottish, Scottish people. Yes! Yeah. You hear that, Scotland? Don't book her. <laughs> I know you weren't going to, but don't do it anyway. No, but like you said, like you're talking about all the makeup looks you used to do. And that's actually a good segue because I was going to ask you about, you used to do a lot of different makeup looks. Yeah. You would do characters like Pennywise or Shilling Wise, as it were. Hey. Um, and even like as far back, even way before drag, you were doing characters like like Margaret Thatcher. Like yes, before honey. you ever even did drag. Yeah. So you were doing drag looks way before you even started drag officially. Yeah. So for that, would would you say you were like always destined to do drag? Or is it just kind of something you found yourself in? I guess drag is the perfect culmination of all of my skills. You know, I'm funny. I can banter with people. Um, I, I have quite a dark sense of humor. Um for me, drag, I, I literally fell into it. You know, it was something that uh, just took off. You know, when I studied acting, my lecturer told me, uh, she said, you're not good at this. And she said, you're not good at acting. You're not good at any of this. You're good at selling yourself, like verbally saying, I'm oh. committed. You thought I was talking about on, prostitution. On street, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that too. Mm -hmm. um, am I good? <laughs> yeah. But uh, my my lecturer used to always say to me, you're not going to be able to make it in this industry. This industry is not for you. It's really hard. And she used to tell my whole class that. She used to say, you're never going to get a job in television. You're never going to... No one gets jobs in television. It's only like 1% of people that do that. And I just thought, what a small-minded bitch. <laughs> because... As a lecturer, you have such a huge responsibility to kids, uh, young adults that are growing up wanting to make a, a, a name for themselves, but not even that, wanting to learn. And she put me off learning. So uh, as much as she was saying that, I said, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this course anymore. And I, I just stopped turning up to college and I went to the nightclub and mm -hmm. started doing drag. But yeah, I'd always played around with makeup and, uh, it was my kind of happy space, you know? It's ironic, though, that, like, it was... 
the teacher kind of putting you off from like acting in theater and that's what eventually led you to drag which is now where you're doing all your like acting in theater just... you know trust me as i'm sure you think as well i do sometimes when i'm like sitting in my dressing room or at home i think wow i'm so lucky because i can't believe my lecturer used to say, oh, you'll never make it. No one does movies. No one does TV. You'll maybe only get theatre, but that'll be it. And I'm in a movie with Diane Keaton this year, mm -hmm. which is insane. But you saying that, like, you wake up feeling like you're so lucky. Is that the thought you felt whenever you sat in the pink chair across from me today? You're like, I've made it. No, I thought I'm so unlucky. Oh. Yeah, I pulled the short you're so, you're, you're like, I'm so charitable. Not only did I do a fucking eight month reign with no prize money, I also <laughs> sat next to this fucking loser. <laughs> okay, wow. Damn. Yeah, okay. Well, I was going to say in our season, despite placing vastly different, we actually won the same amount of money in our season. Yeah. Fucking yeah. zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk, listen, I've got to say, you have the most gorgeous house I won Drag Race, and it has mm -hmm. never been more evident that I won no prize money than coming to... Can I ask, what, where did you place in your season? What was the... I went home fifth. I think I was 10th place. Okay, so 10th place. Ninth, something like that. Coming 10th, honey, mm -hmm. you'll be in a gorgeous house in the middle of the desert with a mezzanine. So if you place 10th, you're doing good, kid. <laughs> well, I think the difference, too, is that, like, you're where you're from, probably in Glasgow, there's not a lot of people with, like, houses, per se. Yeah, so a lot of apartments. built up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I live in Vegas. If I was living in L.A., this would be a studio apartment. It'd be... That is true. We would be in a cramped corner right next to the... Across from, like, the kitchen slash I mean, this is bedroom. pretty cramped. <laughs> this <laughs> is a massive room, and we're filming in this tiny corner of a it's, room. It's not cramped. It's intimate. Intimate. Intimate, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> intimate. But we're getting off track. We're losing. Yes, we're we losing. are. We're losing. But, it. Like, we're like fucking beatboxing. You hear that? Yeah. She's a scat person. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. Scat. <laughs> are you She's in into scat, everyone. <laughs> yeah. You're already here fucking first. Beat you to it, you cunt. I know. It's, that's why. <laughs> what I'm what I'm surprised by, you know, with these cue cards, you can read. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, it's mostly just pictures. I have like pictures, so it kind of puts me on the right track. Stick man. Yeah, hieroglyphics. Yeah, hieroglyphics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you ever plan to do like more transformation looks, even for throwbacks, or you know, just for funsies, or do you think that life is behind you now because you're so rich and famous and whatnot? Rich, famous, rich. <laughs> That's rich. <laughs> um, Drag race is all about what box you fit in, right? So I'm plus size, I'm funny, and the kind of community that we're in and the drag sphere says to us, if you're plus size and you're funny, you're generally not a look queen. If you're thin and model, you know, you have the model height, oh, you're not going to be a comedy queen. So we almost, what I guess I've done is I've already put myself in a box because I knew when I went to film Drag Race, I know it's it's about making the audience the most comfortable with you mm -hmm. that they can be because they have to like you, you know, because it's not easy to capture the nation's heart. Yeah. You know, we can't all be Bimini. I've tried. <laughs> but... um. For me, I left that aside. I wanted little throwbacks in my runway looks when I painted myself pink in that kind of crystal geode look. I wanted those to kind of be a, a cute little uh, throwback to my older looks. But I guess 
when I left for Drag Race, I kind of waved goodbye to the more creative drag looks. I mean, Kim Chi spoke about it as well. Kim Chi used to paint herself so many different ways. But since being on Drag Race, she was like, shit, I have to kind of conform to one look. Or people, like with me, I'm fat. So everyone either thinks I'm ginger minger eureka. Both horrendous insults. But, um, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I really need to, we've got to brand this thing. Mm-hmm. So I get compared to them as little as possible, yeah. if that makes sense. And it's the same with Kim. It's the same with any fashion queen, any thin queen, any, anyone. Yeah. You know, we all try and uh, brand ourselves as uniquely as possible. Yeah. I'm not ginger minge. I'm purple ginger minge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I've ginger purple minge, you know. <laughs> That's a joke in the UK. Or is it a joke here? Because Purple is minge, what, what's minge to you? I mean, it's like, it's like vagina. Vagina. Okay, so yeah. you, okay, it's still, a, okay. I thought it was just an us thing. Well, it's one of those where it's like, you kind of take that word from overseas and then we kind of adopted it, you know? Stolen. That's what American, Colonized. That's what American yeah. culture is. Yeah. You can't be from the UK talking about colonization. You know, it's, a lot of it is just kind of the bits and bubbles that we've taken from other cultures. Oh, crrr. Say like the world, we're all just one melding pot, and it's all starting to slowly blend together. Yeah, it's getting for, even more gayer. Yeah, for yeah. better or for worse. Yeah, yeah. worse. Yeah, oh, homophobic. I'm a la- I've got gay cousins. Oh, I'm my, allowed to be homophobic. <laughs> my mistake. Never mind. Yeah, but, I have a piece of your furry wall on my nose. Yeah, it's a the installation is still fresh, and uh, there's like little pieces flying. But yeah. it's gonna make it look nice and hazy on the the video. The snow of like white fur will blend, you know, soften the edges. So I need softened. Mm-hmm. So soften me up, <laughs> big boy. Soften um, me up. But speaking, to, oh, my voice cracked. Puberty. What's <laughs> happening? Puberty. Oh my god, I'm so proud of my child. <laughs> Call the press. You do like look like kind of my drag child here in this purple i don't think we're talking enough that. about this purple hopefully outfit. i got my my jeans from the other parent but yeah like with the purple like the aesthetic yeah, yeah. no you do look great you thank look you killer. Yeah. yeah i look like a proper drag queen almost almost hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Speaking of Drag Race, you were on, yeah, just on, you were the winner of UK season two. Yeah. Did you audition for season one as well? I auditioned, well, this is funny. I sent in paperwork for season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race in America because I saw Charlie, ha- I mean, this is shady. You want to go there? I'll go there. I believe, this is going to get me in so much trouble. I believe the reason it took so long Maybe not just this. I believe part of the reason it took a bit longer for Drag Race UK to start is because I think they tried having a UK queen on season nine, Charlie Hydes, but she maybe wasn't up to the challenge with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. The lip syncing, 
Well, she was like Mama. 60, so you gotta give her some credit. She probably forgot where she was. I'll give her all the credit in the world. Going yeah. to one of her shows, she's so funny, really creative, mm-hmm. makes all her own outfits. But as the first one, they were definitely, in my opinion, trying to see, could, could they have UK Queens on an American season? It's kind of what I think they're doing with like Jimbo now mm-hmm. on All Stars and Vivian. I think they're kind of testing the water. It's soft launching it. So I, yeah, so I saw... Charlie and I was like, fuck, she only made it to episode four. What a fucking, you know, great for UK drag then. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to send in paperwork. And obviously, I guess Charlie has dual citizenship. Um, so I obviously got rejected. But then I uh, sent in an audition for season one of Drag Race UK. And I got no further. I sent in a tape. It didn't get downloaded. It didn't get anything. It got dust. And I was devastated. <laughs> I was so upset. And it really hurt because when 2018 came along and it was auditioning for season one, I was like, this is it. This is my get out. You know, this is it. Because I'd hosted the shows. I'd done the weekly shows. I'd done the residencies. So for me, I was like, oh, th- this is meant to be its fate let's do it and when that didn't happen I got really disheartened and upset and when it came to auditioning for series two I was like do you know what I'm gonna forget this fate thing put forward a tape that's fun and silly and just be you be silly don't worry about the accent don't worry about all this stuff and that's what I did in the series two audition tape and and it worked I don't know how but it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I put subtitles in it. Um, I did actually for certain bits. Yeah. I was like, RuPaul ain't going to understand a fucking word. You had so. a friend voiceover for you. Yeah. yeah. Paid voice actor. What she's, yeah, it was Bimini did the voiceover. <laughs> what she's saying is, she's saying, I'm fat and I'm purple. <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. Bimini doing a voiceover for me. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Rachel. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Rachel. That is such a throwback. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> thanks <laughs> to you. I've got no toilet roll to wipe my ass with because all you people keep taking them from the shops. So now I've got a shitty ass and it's all your fault. Isn't it so weird seeing drag queens try and look comfortable sat in chairs? Yeah, honestly, that's why I got these chairs. I was like, let me get some like some low to the ground wide chairs so they're somewhat comfortable. You think being lower to the ground helps? He's better than sitting in a stool. See, I like that. Well, it's because well, you're Scottish, you know, the pubs and whatnot. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey. I have a References. Yeah. yeah. Cultured and worldly. <laughs> but you did make it on to season two or series two, as you say. Yeah. And you happen to be the first or one of the first plus size winners. One of the first being Natalia Pliakam from Drag Race Thailand. Yeah, of course. The, the OG. And for the record, I didn't say you're plus size. The internet did. So. I'm so glad in the promo I said... I'm plus, you know, plus size drag queen, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I leaned into that because everyone else just assumed from, I mean, I was called everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, I'm glad I prefaced it by saying, yes, I am plus size rather than just letting the internet do all the talking. Yeah. But as a big fat slag, what are some of the f- struggles that you face? What are some of the struggles you face in drag that some like 
smaller petite queens such as myself probably wouldn't be aware of. That was a good one, young man. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> um, what are some, what were you saying? Some of the struggles. What, what are some of the struggles like as a plus size queen that a lot of people wouldn't expect? Well, getting out of bed. You know. You know, walking. You know, you get chub rub between your thighs. Um, you know, the main thing that's tough. Uh, being plus size uh, as a visible queer person, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but I do think the queer community, especially gay men, have a lot of uh, preconceived notions or a nasty opinion on plus size people. Mm. And that's all around the world. You know, on, on Grindr here in Las Vegas, for example, everyone is talking about only into fit people Oh, you need to keep up with me at the gym if you... Honey, you're telling me you don't want me to eat your ass when I've been eating food successfully since I was nine years old? You don't want me eating that ass? Do you know what I mean? It's, You've it's, trained your life for this moment. I have dedicated everything to eating ass for years. I'm glad I made everyone else uncomfortable. But... <laughs> You know, and it's not just out of drag that exists. It's also in drag because you go to shows and generally the queens that get tipped the most uh, are, are the ones that are thinner doing stunts. Even the plus size queens, you have to do so much more. If you're funny, you have to be really funny. You have to be the funniest of the night for people to care. And it's shit. It really, really sucks. You know, like when when I got on Drag Race, I, I was like, oh, I'm really excited because I am a bit more fashionable and I do play around with makeup and my makeup is subjectively very good makeup. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, I'm killing it. Killing it. I mean, look, so, look at the material. Look at the material. It's ripped, but it, it, look at the material. <laughs> you can see it with people compare me, Victoria Scone, Pixie Polite, Eureka, and they think it's funny. And I'm like, subjectively, we don't look similar. Pixie Polite from Drag Race UK Series 4 looks nothing like me. She's much bigger. And I'm sorry, you're all arseholes for comparing me to her. She lost. <laughs> and she had to sleep with Tia Coffee. Okay? That is unfair. I had to lip sync against Tia Coffee, and that was unfair enough. I'm kidding. They're all my friends. It's fine. Calm down in the comments. But I truly thought, oh my God, like in the same way Lizzo changed the world when like Juice came out, people became a bit more accepting. Oh, I'm going to be asked to be on Vogue's front cover. Like mm. I really thought it was going to be a game changer and it wasn't. Um, I, and I think that is even more of a testament to the bias against plus size people. Mm. How am I, no offense, I look glorious. And I wear great outfits. How have I never been asked to be in a magazine of any form? Mm -hmm. Unless it's related to drag. And yet I'm on a season with three other queens who have very successfully been in magazines. Bimini, Aura, Taste. It's just weird how they're able to, uh, or, or the people that run the magazines, are able to find a, a, a place for them but they're not able to find a place for the fat one. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not about the weight. Maybe it's about yeah. me being difficult to work with. I don't know. But yeah. it just seems very pointed in a fat way. 
in a fair way. Yeah. It is a stigma in your head. It is a driving force in your life to not date someone who's fat. And that, that may just be where your bias is. That may just be it. But it might also trickle into what drag queens you like, what drag queens you dislike. It, it may even be family related. It, it's just a crazy thing. And what we need to get rid of, I've seen this so many times when I've called out people for fat shaming or any of that. We need to stop saying, well, I like Lizzo. So how can I be fat phobic? Like, just because you like one fucking Lizzo song doesn't fucking mean you like fat people as a whole. Mm -hmm. Everyone in this world comes in different shapes and sizes. And I get it's uncomfortable, but you have to get used to it. You have to get used to it. Or we're, we're all just going to start infighting in the queer community. What's going to happen? We're going to start infighting and we're all just going to say, no, you're fat, you're this, you're that, you're skinny, you're this, oh, well, you're fat, you're the and we're just going to hate each other. And then it's just going to open up the world for the straights to hate on us. Do you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Crazy. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> but it is something that we saw like online, on your season especially, whenever yeah. you had the, the fight with Ellie, Ellie. Diamond, yeah. there was a lot of negativity coming your way. And it wasn't just so much about the context of the fight. Because yeah. like, you and Ellie, you go back. And so in that moment on TV, it's you and a friend you know having a disagreement. Yeah. But the difference being with Drag Race, there's a million people eavesdropping yeah. on that conversation yeah. with opinions about it, but then also opinions about you. That was the first time and one of the only times I'll add, I let my arse hang out. And I shouldn't have done that. I, I will say I was gagged at the edit of it because it was worse. The, the argument between me and Ellie involved a horror a lot more and it was way worse in person so what you saw really was the tip of the iceberg there honey it was not as tough but i do think you know i had messages where people would say like you finally showed your true colors you fat cunt and i i remember being like the true colors bit is fine for you to think what has me being fat got to do with a running order. It's very obvious, in my opinion, where you can tell the, the, the blatant fat phobia in the comments that the fans say, you know, being called a fat cunt. I, I remember someone told me, they said, you should kill yourself and slit your wrists, but I bet only gravy would come out, you fat cunt. That was just from Lady Bunny. Yeah. Like, so it was, it was crazy, yeah. you guys. It was mad. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to go crazy yeah. when people say that, you know, people are entitled to their opinion. Uh, and I, I'm also entitled to my life. I'm entitled to uh, my uh, own security, my health. I'm entitled to these things as well. So live and let live, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to be a loser because losing is the new win. Well, Probably did that wrong yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> but despite a lot of the hate that you did get, one of your biggest fans was RuPaul himself. Yeah. Despite forgetting names of people like Jinx and Sasha Colby, RuPaul will never forget your name ever. What is it like knowing that you are confirmed to be one of RuPaul's favorite drag queens? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to lie, like ego-wise, absolutely, I'm flicking my bean to that at night. Yeah. I'm just... But... <laughs> 
my mum had RuPaul's CD and used to play Supermodel and we used to dance along to it. And it's weird because we are taught in society never to meet our idols. And I was so nervous given everything, you know, the, the rumours about RuPaul. There are lots of people that say really nice, whatever. There's also a lot of people that have said very opposite things of that, mm. that he is not nice, doesn't care about you, doesn't care, all this stuff. Yeah. And I was really nervous to meet him because I was like, oh my God, if this is true, this is going to like ruin my childhood. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful um, because when Rue started saying my name, I remember so many people before Drag Race didn't know how to pronounce my name. They'd be like, welcome to the stage, Larry Chancey, Chorence Laney. Like, I mean, nobody knew how to, Larry Chunder. People did not know how to pronounce my name. And I remember one of the uh, crew members, we were about to walk on for our first mini challenge, which was the Wimbled Hun challenge where it was the tennis thing, whatever. And I, we were sat by the curtains and you could hear Rue, you know, the <laughs> in the corner, you could hear that. And I went, oh my God, RuPaul's there. And I said, do I need to like remind Rue of like what my name is? Like, or, or will he know? And they turned to me and they went, he knows your name. And I, of course, at face value then and there, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Now, given what I know, I think mm. that is very cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think RuPaul's 100% sitting at home in the morning pouring a cereal, just like... <laughs> Lawrence Cheney, just my, to himself. My favorite thing is just that tickle. laugh. You can hear him before he walk before he walks in that room. Yeah, you hear him when he it's, walks down those stairs. It's like Friday the Thirteenth when like Jason's like, Shh. but it's like <laughs> just in the distance. <laughs> I remember uh, Rue also said this never aired, which I was furious about. Anytime she complimented me and it never aired, furious. Um, RuPaul said that Same. her and her husband watched my audition tape like mm. three times and she made like a joke. She was like, oh, and then he served me the divorce papers. And he, you know, she was really, really uh, funny about it. And she kept quoting my audition tape. She said, there's this moment you say, Gemma, you silly cunt. <laughs> and she just, this, whatever I'd said in this audition tape, tickled that bitch pink. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved it. And Boy, am I grateful and lucky because he's just what a hero to me. What an inspiration personally, professionally. And yeah, just give me cash prize next time, please. Yeah. <laughs> cash prize, please. I'm begging you. I truly thought they'd maybe give me a wee something under the table, a wee suitcase yeah. of so money. Like maybe global all-stars or something or all winners. I, just... I'm gunning for it. Yeah. If Let me tell you, if, if I'm not on... If they do another winter season and I'm not on it, I've not been asked. If if I'm asked, I'm saying yes. She is sitting by the phone. I'm sat on my phone waiting for it to vibrate. Just between like Gmail, WhatsApp, just all the things Honey, waiting. Just waiting. All the channels are open. World of Wonder and Executives there. Viacom, VH1, MTV, Paramount Plus. I'm ready, mm -hmm. gaped, douched and primed. <laughs> 
for winners too. Yeah, it could be on Roku TV, but she'll be there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if you were handpicked by Rue to come back for literally anything. I would love, I would love. Might be the first. I mean, RuPaul loves you. Like, I don't know what. Again, like you said, maybe something in the video, something about you just endeared RuPaul so much. But maybe, I, maybe he's just a big Shrek fan. But regardless, like he just adores you. I don't know. I wonder if RuPaul wants to get in my swamp. <laughs> he wants to get in between the layers. Oh, oh. Um, Rue's just been so kind to me, even off camera though. Like, I remember one instance we were filming uh, this uh, TV show called Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway, and Rue picked me, the Vivian, and Crystal Versace to uh, be part of it. And we were to do this performance, whatever. And I remember seeing Rue, I was listening to Rue's music, I was listening to Catwalk getting ready as <laughs> she walks past me in the corridor and I go, oh my God, that's so cringe. I'm listening to this person's music as I'm getting ready and they mm -hmm. just absolutely walk by the door and will have absolutely known. And I peep my head through the door and Rue is not in any makeup and Rue pulls his mask down and he goes, Lawrence Cheney! Gives me a big old hug and I was like, you're a fucking real one for doing that when no cameras are here. Mm -hmm. Like no one, maybe yeah. the CCT, maybe it was a prank video and the CCTV was wrong. But like, See, what a what a real one. RuPaul's walking by your trailer. You're listening to Catwalk. Yeah. You walk by Ru's trailer. It's probably watching your audition video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you just like sitting there, just in your trailer, just <laughs> as just he fully should. Aside from all the compliments Ru gave you, what are some other things on the show that we didn't get to see that you wish we had gotten? I mean, I talk about this all the time. I nearly pissed and shat myself in my skin dress that I wore. So in my skin dress, I nearly pissed and shat myself. It was so bad. Because it was so difficult to get in. Mm -hmm. Once I was in it, I said, yeah. I might not get back in this. That dress was really skinny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. Um, but, you know, once I was in it, I was like, if I can't get back into this, continuity's fucked. We'd, like, who knows? So I said, I'm going to hold in this piss and shit that I need. And I held it in. The entire critiques, the entire untucked, the entire lip sync and runway walk off. Which, <laughs> as you will know, is three hours easily. Three hours. And that was the episode when I was wearing my skin dress where Ginny Lemon walked off. That was obviously unplanned. So production, no idea, didn't plan any of it. So what happened was Ginny walked off and was just walking backstage. Did, like, no one was there to collect her because it was not time for someone to be picked up there. Mm -hmm. We were all there backstage waiting to go back to the workroom. I was bursting and I said, I need this shit pronto. And she said, we can't, we can't go. You know, the, you know, Ginny's wandering about. And I said, huh. and I literally squatted and lifted up that skirt and was so close to starting pissing. She grabbed me, we ran. There wasn't enough time to get to our toilets. And then we went to these toilets that were super deluxe. I believed they were RuPaul's toilets until- so an, You were the only one allowed to use that until, one. No, but gold. until an informant told me recently, it wasn't RuPaul, it was on the same floor as RuPaul's, uh -huh. but it was Michelle or the special guest toilet. Okay. So I was gagged that I pissed and shat Probably where Michelle Visage has pissed and shat. Yeah. Not as you good know, as RuPaul's, but yeah. you know. Yeah, RuPaul's bathroom, you know that it's 
like black and white with jewel tones. His house. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But I mean, I feel bad. Listen, I loved Drag Race, but I felt so bad for the crew, especially those queen handlers that looked after us. I was quite difficult. I'm not going to lie. I remember one time, basically it was the first episode and I just talked, 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 talked whole time like I'm right now and at drag race you're not allowed to talk if you're not filming you're on ice if someone's just been eliminated hard ice it's all that's really serious I did not take it seriously in that first episode and one of the runners I was like they kept saying Lawrence stop talking and I said oh but this is just fun isn't it and she was like this isn't fun this is your job we're trying to film a tv show and I was like gagged and then she said I'm a member of staff here don't argue back you need to be quiet and I was firmly put in my place let's just say that and then it was around dinner time she's walking around the room hey what would everyone like we're ordering Nando's for everyone tonight you know here's the menu what would you like she goes around everyone and she says Lawrence what do you want from Nando's and I went I don't know I'm on ice and I never ate that night. <laughs> I was so petty. I was like, I don't know. I'm on ice. You were so upset by being told to be quiet. You went on a hunger strike. Yeah, I was. And that took a lot, everyone. Yeah. But I was, I feel bad. That poor production company. I th- I mean, there's pro- that's probably the reason I'm never going to be asked back. Well, rest assured that production person was fired by RuPaul for talking to Lawrence. No! Oh. <laughs> don't worry. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Oh. Said, so don't put my baby on ice. No one puts my no one no puts one baby on ice. Cheney on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> another moment we didn't get to see, another a moment of runway panic is backstage, episode two, Tase's blood moment. Actually had a malfunction backstage before the runway and got blood all over your outfit. What was not the panic? Not my outfit, honey. Not the outfit. The face. So that taste moment could have been your moment. When I tell you. She did an interview about it recently, and I'm so glad she so knows me so well. She said Lawrence kept it really polite, even though Lawrence was absolutely furious. I was. In my head, I was like, oh my God, spray blood. I was like, this isn't like, you know, if you're doing mascara and a bit of it goes here. No, Tay sprayed all this blood over me. And then uh, I went back to the workroom and they only gave me maybe five minutes to get rid of like the really big problem areas. But that's why I was in a foul mood that runway, all that stuff. And I think you can see the blood on me. It was the second time we did the first pass of the runway. And then it was on the second pass. It was, right, everyone, you're going to do it second time. So Tace was like this, checking herself in the mirror and went, so it looked wet and it went on me. So you can hear it was the pass we did with no sound where I say, I'll show you my shag pipes. There's bits of blood on my shoulder, um, little bits on kind of my decolletage area. The face is pretty good, but it, yeah, it's definitely noticeable. But with the show also comes like your branding, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. When did you decide that your branding was going to be purple? When that was going to be like your mo- motif? What was that oh, deciding you factor? You are good. I, I don't know if you've researched this, but you are good. So I, I spoke about this on the show, but it, it just never made it tear. The reason I love wearing purple is it's all because of my gran uh, on my mum's side, my gran called Mary, 
we used to call her affectionately in the house, we used to call her the purple blob. We'd be, oh, there's the wee purple blob, because we would always see her in the corner of our eye, mm. kind of just running somewhere or going somewhere, and she'd always wear a purple cardigan, and she just loved the colour purple. So for me, w when she passed away, I wanted to kind of carry on that legacy. Mm. So... um yeah, I, I just think it was important. You know, my mum was really sad and said, oh, we'll never see the wee purple blob again. And I was like, well, no, I'm going to carry that on. Said, I'm going to carry the mantle. I'll be the purple blob. I'll be the biggest purple blob <laughs> you can fucking find, mum. <laughs> but that that's nice. It's nice to mm. kind of uh, rip my gran a little bit. Yeah, to yeah. carry on that memory in like some way. Do you know who's driven me up the fucking wall in my prep time for Drag Race Live? Diabetti. They said to us in the paperwork, they said, uh, you have to pick a color for your runway look and, and that's it. If someone's doing blue, blue's done. If someone's doing, you know, whatever, that, that color's off the market. And I said, so let me get this straight. Diabetes started a week ago. You knew I was starting and you knew my kind of mm -hmm. obvious color would be purple. Yeah. You knew that. And this bitch is wearing lilac. They said, oh, but it was our look from the Drag Race season 14 finale. And I was like, yeah, but you need to allow both of us to do purple. Different shades of purple, maybe. <laughs> and they said, okay, I guess, you know, um, Daya will be lilac and Lawrence, you're going to be eggplant purple. And I was like, that's right. Yeah. That's correct. This isn't an outfit. This isn't dress up. This is this my is life. This is a way of life. This is who I am. This is part of me. Yeah. And if you're telling me to, if you're policing my purpleness. <laughs> Performing in Scotland, you're a long way from Delmonica's, but now you are a Vegas showgirl. Did you ever think you would be here in your drag career? Oh my God. The people in Scotland, of which there are 10 listening, are <laughs> gagged you mentioned Delmonica's. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you really do your research. I'm gagged. Delmonica's is a good time. You all should go to it. I filmed uh, my, uh, one of my first TV shows, the pilot for it. We filmed part of my hosting monologue in Delmonica's because I like kind of paying back to, paying tribute to mm -hmm. the places that raised me. But what were you saying? Performing somewhere like Delmonica's in Scotland. Yeah. Now you are the winner of, or formerly winner of Drag Race UK, and now you are in Vegas as a showgirl in a yeah. Vegas casino. Did you ever think you would get to this point or anywhere like it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I said, yep, I did. I'm I'm not kidding. When I was when I was at school, I probably was a nightmare because I I feel like when someone's a star, it they just act differently. They feel differently. They see the world differently because it's this essence. Mm -hmm. It's this thing of when you're a performer, it just is in our blood, I feel. Uh, when you have it, I, I just believe it's in you. You know, <laughs> it's been in me, I can tell you. <laughs> but a lot of people would make fun of me, but I believe that's because they couldn't take their eyes off me. I was never someone that could blend in. That was that was did not exist. Did you also dress like Xenon Girl, the twenty fourth century? Back no, in the no. Oh, okay. but do you like this look? I look like Spice, but like old Spice. Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> hey, um, but yeah, at school. I remember. I you know career day. They'd be like, "What do you want to do?" And like, 
little Timmy would want to be a pharmacist. And so you had just watched Showgirls. You're like, I'm going to be a Vegas showgirl. I, I say the standard high. I was like, I want to be an international superstar. I want to live in Los Angeles. I want to live here. I want to live there. I want to, I want to experience life differently than, than other people. I, I want this to be my life and people would always and i think it's important like if if younger people are watching if you're wanting to start drag i think it's important to note that becoming famous or becoming in, in this industry becoming well known in this industry is a lot easier than it was even 10 years ago 20 years ago 50 years ago because think how many tv channels there are there's different platforms to be famous. You can be famous on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Now more than ever, we should not be laughing at people because their ambition is to be a a, a famous this or a whatever. I remember back at school, I was like, I want to be like an international like performer. I want to mm. perform on stages all around the world. People would laugh at me and be like, you're never going to do that. Angelina Jolie does that. You're not going to do that. And I was like, What's the difference between me and Angelina Jolie? Well, but a lot. what's what's the difference between us and Lady Gaga? Mm -hmm. She does the same sort of thing, the wigs, all this stuff. It's just money. Yeah. It's it's more people watch her. Yeah. But the the general thing of her turning up at this time to do a show at this time, it is the same thing. So to me, shoot for the fucking stars, kids. Because you really can make it. I'm I'm from Helensburgh in Scotland, a tiny, tiny town. I moved to Glasgow and I'm in Vegas. Yeah. And if you think I didn't deserve to win, that just shows how low the standard is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I truly think talent is one thing. I know incredibly talented people that are that sing and do all these things, but they're absolutely fine singing and working in Target that they, they just don't want to do singing full-time or whatever. But then I know people who maybe aren't talented that are really successful. So it's it's really a kind of six and a half a dozen, you know? So fucking pursue your dreams, you cunts. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you're saying now, like, pursue your dreams, shoot for the stars. Uh, back in 2017 on BBC Scotland, you in, were in an interview saying, you know, it's difficult to be confident. It's difficult to believe in yourself. So pace yourself. Don't do anything too big, anything too bold. Don't do anything you might regret. So obviously the mindset you have is very different now than it was back then. How would, has this journey in drag or your drag journey in general like changed you? Again, you, you're absolutely right with that quote. I did not know anyone in Scotland that had made it as a drag queen, blah, blah, blah. You know, so to me, I was walking in ungone territory. So that's why I remember there was one time, like, I used to dye my hair really funky colors. And I never used to care. Like, my hair on Drag Race, say what you fucking want about it. I liked how that looked back then. <laughs> back then. And, like, that's how we should be. We should not be living our lives for other people. So... I used to dye my hair pink, purple, different colors. Yeah, I used to get chased by people on bikes. I used to get chased after. I mean, it was crazy in Glasgow. So there was an element to me where I would mask socially. I would, I would, yeah, I still had pink hair, but I maybe only did or had my pink hair out in front of friends or if I got a taxi somewhere. But I've kind of learned, especially in this world where, uh, 
everything we say and do is being manipulated and used by the media to go against us. I've learned you might as well fucking do whatever you want because they're going to fucking demonize us no matter what. People are going to change. I miss the days where I used to just be called a in the streets. I miss those days where bullies and people would just say, you're a or you're this and move on. Now it's grooming. It's this, it's that. So truly I've learned from nothing changing. The world hasn't changed around me. It's maybe gotten a bit more accepting in terms of media. You know, media people are a bit more open to drag. But the general world, I find it bizarre how on Halloween night I could walk out the house like this and people go, oh my God, I love your costume. If I walk out the house any other day looking like this, it's, oh, what you, oh. How can someone dress as Pennywise the Clown on Halloween and not get more looks than I do walking mm. to a gig. I think that's mad. So I've I've just learned through growth, really. I've I've learned through doing more gigs, doing more in different cities, different countries. We are a lot more similar than we think, and we do still have a lot further to come, you know? So drag has inspired you not only to be more of yourself just as like an artist and like your presentation, yeah. but also with like your own like identity because through JAG, you've kind of explored your own like gender and expression. Mm -hmm. um, where are you at currently in your gender identity? Like time stamping it right now, June, time 2023. Stamp. Where are you at this moment in time? My gender right now is very fluid. Um, <laughs> you see all that fluid coming from me? <laughs> gender fluid. Um, <laughs> Because of my name, it's the territory. People are like, man, him, he, man, man, man. My idea, I don't think this is shooting for the stars. Why are we calling someone that spent three hours in the makeup chair to be a drag queen? Why are we calling them he? Why? I did not tuck my cock up my arse for you to call me he. I did not fucking do that. So for me, in drag, it's she or they. I Out of drag, I do prefer they, them. But I, it's all about context, isn't it? Yeah. If someone at the club that hasn't met me, whatever, says he and I'm presenting male, I absolutely understand. Because I, when I'm out of drag and I post pictures of me out of drag, which isn't very frequently, but like when I do my hair, I draw my eyebrows on, I wear nice clothes. This may sound weird to you, but I see that just as much as drag, mm -hmm. as a costume, as I do this. Because I, I don't wake up and my hair is naturally quiffed and nice. I don't wake up smelling nice. I don't wake up with eyebrows. I don't wake up with nice, glossy lips. Yeah. That's all added on. So, well, you I, know. I, I think that's exactly what RuPaul means whenever they say, we're all born naked, the rest is drag. Because even like out of drag, when we're dressed, how we dress up, go out to the club. Yeah. We're dressing and putting on little outfits and yeah. changing things slightly to present in a way that we want to convey to people. To people, yeah. And, and it's like, when I see myself in the mirror with the hair done and all that, I'm I, I'm like, oh, I look really nice in the same way I look at this, but it's not my identity. That's not me. Mm -hmm. So my truest form, and I know it sounds weird, is me. When you see me with no eyebrows, 
and a little beanie hat, that means you're a real one and you've you you have I am comfortable enough to be around you in my kind of truest form, in my most vulnerable form. You know, I, hell, I consider that a good change from on Drag Race. I didn't even want to take off my makeup on the first episode. Like, it killed me having to get out of drag that first episode. So I, I think I've come a long way, but yeah, I'm very fluid. Um, and I absolutely understand people saying he... Um, and I understand people saying she, because um, sometimes I look like a lesbian when I've got my hair all quiffed and stuff. But the Victoria Scone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's like, Victoria, I loved you on Canada versus the world. And I'm like, oh, I'm Lawrence, the fat one. But yeah, that's thank you for asking that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I mean, like it's something that I wasn't aware of until I you know, did a little bit of research and I found out that you consider yourself more gender fluid and using... Well, I used to think I was trans for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So from around 2018, I uh, fully didn't leave the house unless it was uh, for drag. And I remember I had a day job for some of that time. And I hated it because I had to look like a man. I had to have eyebrows and a quiff and all that. And I hated it. I just wanted to keep growing my hair and... Um, it, it was it was tough because I think I've just always known a quote-unquote male. That's not enough to describe me. I'm Listen, I get like me explaining about me and my truest form with the no eyebrows and stuff. I understand that's weird, but like it just, I'm, I'm telling you what I feel. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's important to listen to people. In the same way, like, I think it's important to pronounce people's names correctly. I also think it's important to get their pronouns right and address them how people want to be addressed. Just fucking yeah. don't be a cunt and address people the way they want to be addressed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So with that, that leads me to my final question for the interview. Probably the most important. Okay. Do you think the Loch Ness Monster is real? I don't believe the Loch Ness monster is real, but what I do believe in is the Glock Ness monster. Glock Ness monster. Pow pow. <laughs> that's that's my name on the streets, honey. The Glock Ness the monster. The Glock Ness. Yeah, honey, I run Glock Ness. Honey. Honestly, Glock Ness monster sounds like a queen on the next season of Dracula. So. Oh yeah, that would be cool. That's, if, if you had leaned more into the alternative drag, that's yeah. probably what you would have become, the Glock Ness Monster. But. I'm the Glock Ness Monster. I'm 26 years old mm -hmm. and I'm from Glasgow. You, you've been, that would be fierce. You've been staying in the States for like two weeks and you're already talking about Glocks. It's, it's, American culture is rubbing off on you way um, too much. Yeah, I mean, America's take me under its wing. It's a wing made of guns, but it's take me under its wing. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and with that, that is the end of my cards. <laughs> end of my cards at the end of the interview. Thank you all so much for watching. Lawrence, where can people find you online? What shows and tours do you have coming up? Let the people know in the cameras. Where can they find you? Find me on Instagram at Lawrence Cheney. I'm on Twitter at Shady Lawrence because I'm a cunt. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at The Lawrence Cheney. Um, you can come see if you're in Scotland or the UK. I have a fringe show coming out. It's called Lawrence Cheney Overweight and Over It from the 21st to the 27th of August. Come see me. If you don't and you're in America, come see me Drag Race Live. I'm going to be here for a while. What's the what's the Sniffies handle? Sniffies? Yeah. It's like Grinder. I think it's more Oh, so like... you know about it. Yeah. 
I'm an ally. Yeah. I have to learn these things. You're an ally, but only sometimes. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like Pride Month. Yeah, I'm like the Citibank of drag. You know, <laughs> the target of drag. The target of drag. Yeah, not supportive at all. Honestly, really. it feels like I'm a target sometimes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I, I've been doing drag so long. I don't even know what straight people do anymore. I don't. I I don't think I've met a straight person outside of a brunch show in like five years. Well, I don't know this, what they're is, doing. this is the straight struggle. This is why. It's like, Listen, Ma Maddie struggled. This is why straight pride should be a thing. No, honestly, you know? it's like I've been doing drag so long. It's it's almost like when you're raised by wolves. That's like me and like the queer like, Where's her BAFTA? Yeah. Where's her Amy? She's yeah. an ally. Where's my Wowie? They had, a, they had, I was not nominated for best TikTok. They nominated. Not best YouTube. Not best ally. I wasn't even nominated. They nominated, what's her name from, is she Espana and Anna? Stra it's a name that's like Anastasia Beverly Hills mm -hmm. and they nominated her for best Twitter she's not had Twitter for three years yeah I don't have to win the can of soup I just want to be nominated well I want a wowie for best book against Elvira and Bimini oh okay. <laughs> look at you yeah. you know what's in the can no it's just a cuddly squirrel with oh. a crown on it oh that's cute I wanted something embossed, like my BAFTA that I have this award in the UK, mine's made of glass. Oh. And my mum tried to hold it the night I won it, and I went, you will not be touching this. It's like a glass award for but a you glass deserve that. Hey! Yeah. Just the bare minimum is all I ask for, you know. Also, you can cut this in wherever. I'm from Glasgow, not Glasgow. All you Americans, you, you foreign people to me, Lady Gaga came to Glasgow and she said, Glasgow. You all need to pronounce it better. Spell it like this, okay? In your head. G-L-A-Z-G-O. Glasgow. Gl Glasgow. Say it like that. See, if I hear another person say they're 10% they're scotch and my uncle came from Glasgow. Gow! They're gonna pronounce it phonetically the way you just spelled it, and they're gonna be like Glazgow. Is that like a Glazgow? Is, is that a drive-through donut place? It's a donut place. Like, no, Glazgow is her sniffy's handle. Yeah, <laughs> Glaze and go. Yeah, that's good. Glaze that's, and go. That's my name right, on well, while we're on a high note, we're gonna end this interview. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Join me next time whenever we have somebody else. And yeah, until then, bye guys. Keep it straight, bro. Yeah, yeah. Deuces. Hey man, it's been really good, real, real good, man. Yeah, you feel so unnatural doing that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, but okay. you seem like a fucking natural. Um, yeah. Get me out of here. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Give It To Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Maddie Morphosis. With audio editor, Marco Padilla. And executive produced by Willem Belly, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. M. Oh. M. Mom!